Welcome to the Perfect First Layer podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printing community. My name is Guy from Guy's Shop, and as always, are my co-host, JJ Nathan. Hello. 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 So we do depend on your questions for this podcast, and if you have one for our panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page, and send it. And we also have a Patreon, and right now we have one level, and we're simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So go to patreon.com slash perfectfirstlayer. And if they want to email us a question, where do they email it to, JJ? Perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. Nice. So what do you have going on in the lab right now, uh, JJ? <clears throat> yeah, so I just finished a review of the Anchor Make M5C. Uh, pretty good printer. Is Solid. that the cheaper one or the more expensive one? That's the cheaper version of it. Uh, it's got no screen on it, just a single button and an RGB light to kind of see if things are working or not. Yeah, that's what the C stands <clears throat> for. It's the cheap one. <laughs> or compact. I think compact is what they want to go with, but <laughs> it's the cheaper one. It's the cheaper one. So just give us the the... the... <clears throat> 30 second rundown of so my my 30 second thesis i usually on my reviews i'm like what's the thesis of this printer this is the thing you could pick up at costco or target on black friday and be like this is a great printer it looks great it's easy to use it's largely app based so using your computer or a phone to control it all instead of using a touch screen or stuff but it's not for the technical people. For people who want to like dive into it and tune things, you probably would want a different printer. But this is a great looking printer, very easy to use. Is it easier to use than the Bamboo A1 Mini? Um, I think more basic than that, than the A1 Mini. A1 Mini prints better but has more complexities to it. So like you've got to like download a software, figure it out versus this one you could just use on your phone and kind of have a good time with it. So a lot of the A1 mini, I think printer of the year <laughs> is my, uh, <clears throat> it's my favorite printer so far. It's like my go-to. It prints so well, so fast. Well, I, I just remember when it first came out, people were going, yeah, it's great, 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 but the print quality is... Yeah, I've been surprised with it because all the initial reviews were like, the A1 Mini doesn't print great. But all my prints off of it have been better than the P1P. Really? So print yeah. better than your Voron? Yeah. Better than the Vor, or I mean, the Voron. I always have like a weird nozzle on it, or I'm trying weird things with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but better than the P1P, better than the K1, better than really any of my other printers. It is the best printer I have. Really, quality wise, is the A1 Mini. Yeah, it's weird. Huh. Uh, I don't say I wouldn't say that's weird. It's hopefully it's by design. Yeah, it, uh, weird compared to what I was expecting. Yeah, going into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm su I'm surprised to hear you say that because, like I said, I, every review I've seen, it's like, yeah, exactly. it's great, and the price is great, and it does all this great stuff. But, but the quality, yeah, yeah. 
And so I've been in, confused by it of like, <laughs> maybe it was a firmware update that they fixed everything with it or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll reach out and see if I can snag one just to take a look at it. Yeah, shoot them an email. Yeah, yeah. So what do you got going on, Nathan? Well, I just got back from Form Next, and uh, it was pretty fun. As in Frankfurt, Germany, and just spent like a whole week there nerding out on 3D printers. Eating lots of good food and drinking lots of good beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say their beer is good. I think uh, they get offended <laughs> if you don't. It's pretty good. I, I actually didn't have a whole lot of beer there because they have this local thing called Apple Wine. So I went to the I went to this tavern and I was like, I'll have a beer. And they're like, we don't have beer here. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's that's the first time I've ever been to a bar that didn't serve beer. They only <laughs> they only serve apple wine. So I got oh. a, a picture of that. A pitcher. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was like a, a nice homemade apple cider kind of thing. So what was, the, what was the most exciting thing you saw at uh, Farm Next? Well, in terms of attainable stuff, I think the most exciting thing was the um, Orange Storm Giga, which is... Toilet Yes. It can print an entire toilet print in place. <laughs> uh, which it was just exciting because... The price point that it's at for yeah. how much print volume you get is really yeah. impressive. How stable was the frame? It was. It, it's not rickety at all, is it? Um, I think it could be stiffened up a little bit. They didn't have any cross braces in it, so mm. it was a little mm. wobbly, but really not bad. And the the hardware they were using to hold it together, I think, were like M5 bolts and uh, like eight millimeter thick aluminum plates. So. It was definitely built to a, a solid and high standard. Um, but, you know, speaking from a mechanical background, I would, I would just like to see some cross braces added in there or maybe uh, like an acrylic panel on one or two sides to really stiffen it up. Um, but I'd, it wasn't really bad enough that it would cause any issues, I don't think. Did, did they give you any inkling of how many heads could be put on it? Well, they said they can put four heads on four. one belt, which is weird. Like instead of having uh, most IDEX printers will have independently controlled uh, print heads. But mm -hmm. it sounds like the way that they want to do have do the uh, independent extruder thing is to have one to four print heads on a single uh, gantry all driven by one belt. So you can so imagine they're all printing the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine if you just have one, that's obvious. You've seen printers with one print head before. Yeah. If you had two, then you'd have one uh, print head. And then half the span of the X axis away, you'd have the second print head. So and then you right. would. Uh, ahead, yeah. Well, yeah. Then at that point, you would have uh, the ability to print two identical models, one on the left side and one on the right side. And then you could further subdivide that into four print heads that are all one quarter of the span apart. And then the x-axis can't move all the way from zero to 800, the full distance. Each one would only be moving zero to 200. Um, but in theory, you could pass the print job from one print head to the other and still make a full-sized object. 
But really the idea there is to do duplications of the same part. So you could yeah. print four objects at the same mm -hmm. time and move mm -hmm. down, print four more objects, move down, print, you know, just kind of making a bunch of stuff that way. Yeah. Which yeah. I feel like makes a ton of sense of 200 millimeters is about most normal print volume. Yeah, that's true. And so being like, oh, this printer can do four times the production for people who are doing print farms and batch processes. Right. And you could also do um, 200 by 800 of the print volume. Oh, so wow. like if you're printing like a big, long battleship, you know, yeah, uh, the short dimension would be in that subdivided X axis. Wow. But realistically, you could do it, it's it's the equivalent of what would be sixteen two hundred by two hundred squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's that's a lot of pieces at, at mm -hmm. one time. You know, I, I was I was thinking about this the other day too, when we were uh, or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, is the the how much power it's going to require to heat that bed. Yeah, so I. <laughs> I didn't get into a technical deep dive with the guy I was interviewing because he was like the he was the vice president of the company. And, you know, he know he knew a lot of technical details about the machine, but didn't know like the the nitty gritty like engineering. Yeah, get that granular. Um, so like anything that's in the interview, he knew the answer to. There's a couple of questions that I had that, you know, were are very specific. But one thing is uh, the print bed is split into four segments. And the largest power consumption item on a printer is typically the heated bed. Mm. Sure. So if you had a single heat zone for that whole heated bed, um, your power draw would be like 1600 watts and then zero watts, and then 1600 <laughs> watts and then zero watts to do the pulse width modulation to, to uh, the PID loop to control the bed temperature. But when you have four independent beds, you can cycle which one is on so you can go like jump from bed to bed so that only one bed is on at any given time. So your peak power draw would be, say, 400 watts. But you're splitting that power delivery over the entire bed. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have to do something like that to keep the power draw in check. Um, and then the print heads that they're using are like uh, they're basically the super long volcano, super volcano type nozzles, like really they're giga volcanoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the print heads are all run on can bus or cereal, whatever sure, the technology yeah. is for the four pin. So, uh, expanding that to, to using four print heads is not going to be very difficult for them because it's just mm -hmm. electronically, it's just a matter of plugging in a new USB port essentially. Um, didn't so, somebody, yeah. I think I saw somebody else had a big machine like that too. There is dozens of machines like that at the show. Really? Um, there's Modix is one. There's Big Rep is another one. Uh, Modix is like $5,000 for a 600 by 600 Ooh. by 600. So, you know, that's probably their nearest competitor in terms of pricing. Mm -hmm. And that printer uses pretty high-end components as well. Yeah. Um, the price point of this one is, I think, one of the most impressive parts of it, of being right. like uh, 1500 with these new Kickstarter prices. And Kickstarter prices are always fluctuating um, type things. 
Right. The the earliest people got it for twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. So yeah. like the same price as an X one C. Which is but crazy to get a printer getting... this big. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really. I, I I do have a question, just totally unrelated. Why does Elegoo need to do Kickstarter? They don't have money to do this. <laughs> yeah, everybody asks that. It's uh, it has mostly to do with marketing. Like Kickstarter is essentially a gigantic marketing tool hmm. because you publish your thing on there, and what what they explained is that it helps them reach customers that don't already know about them. Versus if they just publish it on their website, you know, yeah. I mean, would I mean, essentially, Prusa does it. You know, Bamboo does it, where you accept pre-orders pretty far in advance of of when you actually get the item. Yeah. Um, Bamboo four, actually is three, four bad. years in the case of Prusa, right? The Prusa XL. Actually, Bamboo isn't too bad because, like, when uh, any pre-orders I've seen are only like two to three months out maximum. Usually, like about a month. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also like a, such a departure from their typical printers that it's kind of like helping them feel out the market and seeing how much they need to scale up production to meet the demand. Mm. Makes sense. I kind of get the whole, it's a marketing tool because there's so many people out there trying to reach it, uh, when they've got this brand new product. Because Elegoo is so large, I don't feel as, uh, what's the word, like iffy on right. backing an Elegoo product or backing a Creality product on Kickstarter. I don't think they're going to fold as a company and I get left with nothing, even though I spent yeah. my money on it. Yeah. Right. And really, Kickstarter, they take a kit, they take a cut. So they like these big yeah. projects coming to their platform. Mm-hmm. because they're getting, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably like 10 to 20% of all the funding just goes straight into Kickstarter's pocket. So yeah. they're like, yeah, sure. You know, whoever wants to use our platform, go right on ahead. We'll take you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what else? What else was exciting? Um, well, a lot of the metal stuff was exciting because it used to be when I looked at metal stuff, I always thought of it as like, Oh yeah, it gives you kind of this coarse grainy structure that you need to clean up with machining afterwards. But now there's some processes that are getting to the point where it's basically a finished part straight out of the machine. And the cost keeps going down because they keep coming out with new technologies. So we're at the point where like a lot of consumer products are starting to be 3D printed. Um, Maybe not like the low end consumer products because it's always going to be a somewhat expensive process, just like CNC machining or custom grinding or or like uh, anything like that. But um, for some stuff, it's it's becoming more common. And I I don't have all the examples just because I'm not well versed enough in the, the field yet. But when I look through all my footage, I'm sure I'll find stuff. They use it in dentistry a lot and uh, jewelry. What what uh, at, after mm-hmm. Form Next? I think it was la- I think it was Form Next last year. I saw a video of somebody that was building these mobile metal three D printers and selling them to the military. Hmm. And they had these these mobile three D printing things that would go onto an arm like on an army base, and they could print like truck parts. 
Yeah, I did a video on a cold spray additive manufacturing process. It's called S-P-E-E-D. It's like C3D. Yeah, Yeah, Mm. speed. Um, And that was kind of, that was a kind of interesting uh, application too, because I wasn't super familiar with cold spray additive, but it's one of those processes that's designed to be more mobile. But yeah, the military is really interested in this kind of stuff. Like if you look at, the wars in Ukraine, um, I guess the war in Ukraine, um, other like military projects, like, you know, being able to put one of these on an aircraft carrier and print out some limited parts, like there's all sorts of, uh, supply chain issues that are solved by these printers. I think, I think, well, I I don't want to get all that stuff, but, but, but I think this is more for like the infantry units. Or they just have this truck follow them around, and, and like if something breaks down, they just print a new part. Right. Which I thought was a really judicious use of of that technology. Yeah, that more might so be than more printing uh, shoes. That might be more storyboarding <laughs> and like advanced research projecty kind of stuff rather than the reality right now. But I think in the near future we're going to see more of that. Yeah. yeah. But it's cool. The um... <clears throat> Uh, so I live in Huntsville, which is a lot of aerospace stuff, but learning about using metal 3D printing to 3D print rocket parts and all these things to do things you couldn't manufacture in typical methods, you can use metal 3D printing. And since metal 3D printing is becoming way better than it was five, 10 years ago, they can 3D print rocket parts out of metal which is way better than hiring an, or I mean, using expert, people aren't losing their jobs over it, but using these expert welders to do other things and stuff. But yeah. they can create these like complex lattices of how the rocket fuel gets to the ignition site um, in a way I, easier method to 3D print it all. Yeah. I also I also think with with additive manufacturing versus, you know, typical machining, there's a lot less waste. Even though a lot of that, you know, if they're they're oh, taking yeah. an aluminum billet and and machining it down, a lot of that stuff can be recycled and turned into new aluminum, but there's still a cost process for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not a 100% re, uh, reclamation. So, I w- I would assume that at some point in time, the the deltas would be in line cost-wise, and then the additive manufacturer will eventually become cheaper than mm-hmm. the, the other way. Right? And the complexities you can add to things is mm-hmm. way more with 3D printing versus in typical... Uh, Subtractive manufacturing, I guess, is the term. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Is it, what, what, what do they call that, Nathan? Subtractive manufacturing? Yeah, that's or? usually what they okay, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> quite sure. I didn't want to. Sound, I didn't want to just throw something out there. Yeah. The, the I really wish I was going to be alive to see all this stuff when <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> We're talking a lot of this stuff is, is probably you know the technology is moving very quickly, but it's still going to be you know decade mm-hmm. plus. Uh, for a lot of this stuff to happen. So um, yeah, well, it's, you, it's exciting. If you live long enough, you might be able to review your first metal 3D printer on the channel. You never know. Oh, you never know. Fine. But I'm, I'm sure nobody wants to see, a, you know, an 80, 90-year-old 
guy talk about Uh oh, build a new hip. Yeah, you can take your own thirty percent hips. So, all right. I, I um, last week I did get one of those Cheaty X Plus threes. Yes, yeah. the middle size one. Yeah, that thing is stellar. Yeah, I'm very very impressed by it. I need to give um, it another look. I was a little harsh on it because uh, <laughs> I was just like, "What? Why do I need another core XY?" I I didn't, and then I I I printed out some ABS stuff with the heated chamber on it, and it just mm. came out so freaking nice. It's just like perfect. It's some of the best prints I've seen. Yeah, and it's really fast, and I I think it's a really good printer. Do you like the screen and interface? To Don't it? care. Okay. Yeah. Don't care. I understand what you're saying. You look at yeah, it, it's yeah, like yeah. it's an ad for it. It's <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I know what it is. Um, I do almost everything from a web interface anyway. So, true. The, so the, true. the screen is not that big of a deal to me. Were you using their D slicer? No. The- I used Orca. Orca, Orca slicer. Used Orca. Yeah. I'm actually printing something on it right now as we, as we speak. Yeah. So um, like an eight hour print, I'm going to see how it comes out. But uh, yeah, I was really impressed. I've done about mm-hmm. half a dozen prints on it and I've used mostly ABS and it's just, it's just come out really, really nice. It's very impressive. I'll have to give it another shot. I mean, I printed all the test prints on it and I did a calibration print all in PLA and the results were really impressive. It's just, you know, if you have equally impressive results on another printer that doesn't feel plasticky i'm just <laughs> it just seems like a gigantic like milk crate Do you know i get it it's big it's bigger than it has to be <laughs> yeah. with all that extra plastic what's on the it. weight of that printer do you know uh it's like 23 kilograms okay whatever that's, not... that's, that's pretty like, bad that's pretty... <laughs> it's like 50 pounds the, the gd max is 66 pounds yeah yeah so like a lot more <laughs> It's just one of those where, like, turning it around to change filament was yeah. a massive pain. Yeah, and like, with the print volume so big as that, it's like you're changing filament constantly. I use a lot of those little rollers that sit underneath the, the spools. So I can yes. just set it right next to the machine and yeah. not worry. But you still got to reach around back. So I think I'm just going to take Does that one a... come with a dry box on it? Yes. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think so I'm just going to put the dry that. box, just set it right on the side. Yeah. And let the, the, the spool spin in there. But I just got to uh, bring a PTFE tube around and like mm-hmm. secure it somehow to the side so I can just shove it up in there. Yeah. So the but, X plus uh, three is a little over 50 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, like it's 20, still a big boy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's big. It's big. But it doesn't have to have all, I don't think it has to have all that plastic on it. I don't yeah. know why they do that way because it's it's adding like an extra two or three inches on each side of it, it seems yeah. like. It's like, why? <laughs> I, it's probably I, just I saving know. time in the design process because when you do things really tightly integrated, like the way Bamboo Lab and Creality are doing it and even this, mm-hmm. uh, the Flash Forge machine, 
like getting all everything integrated and wasting as little space as possible takes a lot of extra designer vision. It's just a panel yeah. that has to go on the side. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be it's an engineer like, to make figure it that out. It's just a panel that Ship it. slaps on the side of it. It's got to, you know, it's got to have all these big bulges and all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, take, but take away all that other stuff and just looking at the mm-hmm. print quality of it. And so far, my experience of using it has been very, very good, very positive. Yeah, it so, prints great. Yeah, really prints nice. So, if you're if you're a snob and you care about that other stuff, then you might have issues. But if you just <laughs> care about quality, it's a print, good printer. Print quality, yes, I would yeah, very I'm, much I'm, agree. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to sound like a snob. I'm sorry. Oh no, we're we're the ones no. being snobby. Yeah, yeah, we're you're, snobby. I, I feel like it's reviewer brain where I'm constantly like looking for issues i'm not trying to like paint everything in a beautiful picture it's what can i find issues with with this printer yeah because i want to compare things analytically and stuff sure yeah otherwise all your reviews just be it's wonderful bye it's great it prints great here's a benchy it looks great yeah yeah um so the thing about the size difference between the x plus three and the x max three is the X plus three is like on the borderline of being too heavy for one person to handle. And I feel like yeah. the X max three is like just right at that point where it's like, you really could use a second person for a yeah. lot of this stuff. I think OSHA regulation is 50, <laughs> 50 pounds is the yeah. where you should have two people lifting when it's over 50 pounds. Yeah. And Nobody so, ever follows that. Any, any of the places I've worked, they're like, <laughs> oh, quit being a wimp. It's under 100 pounds. You can handle you it. Can do it. <laughs> but like repetitive strain injuries are pretty common if you're constantly lifting heavy stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not good. But for a single user, it's like, okay, I can do it occasionally. I don't like to, but I'll do it. Right. Yeah. But bottom line is, I, I, I like the printer. I think mm-hmm. the, the spool holder on the back. It is silly and stupid yeah. on a printer that heavy and big. It should uh-huh. be on the side, but just that just means it's going to take up that much bigger of a footprint. Yeah. So well, I, I've, I've seen a couple of things where they mounted them on the, the back at the top. Yeah. So, what I saw in, at, um, at the trade show, uh, what was it? Form Next. A lot of the professional printers have the spools inside of the heated mm-hmm. chamber which is something that oh. I feel like they probably could have done on that machine since it kind of has extra room in there anyways. Yeah. I've seen mods. I was looking at, you know, uh, different stuff on you know, like printables and Thingiverse and stuff like that for those printers. And they've, you know, Chidi has been around a while and they, there's a bunch of mods for a different printer that they are putting the spools inside the machine, inside okay. the chamber. I wonder if there's room for that on the newer ones. I don't think so. That's what I heard there was a new, or this is just something I heard recently, that the X1 Carbon can be used as a spool dryer. Yeah, they added an option in the firmware that you press a button and it's like, it'll just heat up the bed. and Yeah, so you can just put your spools inside the printer, like on the bed, and dry out your filament. Right. Technically, any printer can do that. It's just they're the only ones that are smart enough to put a button on the main just screen. Like a, a button. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a cool button that yeah. people should use. Or... Should make that more common. I've got a whole sec- separate dehydrator for that purpose. 
So I, I got all my electronics in on my Voron that I'm building. Oh, nice. And um, everything works. I, I tried out that, you know, it's a, it's a big, huge bed and the plates like, I think it's 10 millimeters thick. So it's like three eighths of an inch thick. And it's a 650 watt, 110 volt heater pad. Wow. It still takes 15 minutes to get up to temperature. And then uh, even then you have to let it, you have to let it heat soak for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and that's why I was thinking about that, you know, the big orange storm giga thing, you know, how yeah. much power it yeah. takes to, to do all that stuff. But that's I was on that, that, that Chidi, it's got two separate 24 volt power supplies underneath it. I think yes. I haven't traced the wiring yet, but I think one is for just for the bed alone. And then one's for the rest of the printer. I'm assuming mm. I haven't, I haven't traced the wires yet, but do you guys know about like on the X Max? Does it? Uh, I can't remember. Or does it have a hundred and ten volt bed? I already sold it, so I don't know. <laughs> get it, get it out of here. Yeah, get it out of here. It's too big. It's probably it's taking big. up half your. I studio. I think I'm, I think I might keep this one. Yeah. And uh, sell my Creality. Yeah. That one said, yeah. I just thought I like the heated mm. chamber. Oh, yeah. The heated chamber worked great for like ASA that I couldn't print yeah. on other printers, just printed beautifully on that one. I've never tried ASA. Yeah. Or that was one that I feel like I'd had trouble with. And so I was like, well, let's throw it at the Cheaty. And it printed beautifully. So I was like, well, okay, cool. So it works great. Yeah. Well, hey, we got some user questions, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what this channel is. We're, we're, getting, uh, we're, getting, we're getting prodded by Nathan. Those. All right. So we got, we got this question is from E. Morgan. I don't know what the E stands for, but it says, hello, Guy, Nathan, and JJ. I might be interested in purchasing a third printer before the end of 2023. A 3D, a 3D printer. printer. What did I say? A third. A third. Oh, a 3D printer. It's hard to believe someone listening to this doesn't have a 3D printer already. Yes. Before the end of 2023. I have some experience with printers, but still kind of beginner with them. I have previously owned a Bamboo Lab P1P and a Crowler Ender 3 V2. If I That's, wanted to... So I it want, is a third printer. <laughs> Previ a previously. Printer. If I wanted to purchase another printer this year, what are some great options? $700 or less, $700 before tax, so including the Bamboo P1S. If I do get one, I think I might want to get an enclosed one. There are a lot of options, such as the K1, the Chidi X Plus 3, which we were just talking about, the Flash Forge Adventure, which we talked about, and the Bamboo Lab P1S. If there are any others that are good options, please let me know. This is a long message, but any help with giving me confidence and potential purposes appreciated. I think for me personally, I might be between the P1S and the Flash Forge Adventure 5M Pro. That's a big name. But let me know what you guys think. Thank you. Much appreciated. So let me let me narrow this down a little bit, and hopefully we can help E. Morgan a little bit more. So you got 700 bucks as a max. Okay. 
and you can only buy you have a choice of one printer <laughs> not necessarily the ones here but it's got to be enclosed which is almost going to all of these printers for a 700 dollars price point what what would you do nathan well that's a tough question it's i mean kind of the standard printer at that price point is going to be the p1s so I think everything should kind of be compared to that in, uh, in contrast. With the FlashForge Adventure 5M Pro, you're going to save a little bit of money. It's a lot quieter. Um, with the Chidi X Plus 3, you're going to get a heated, actively heated chamber. Larger with the K- build, build uh, area too. Yeah, slightly yeah. larger build area. And the Flash Forge will be slightly smaller, and the K1 will be slightly smaller. The K1's claim to fame or advantage here, I think, is going to be the price because they're pretty heavily on sale right now. So, I mean, the market is pretty even, and I would have a hard time choosing uh, unless you had like some other specific requirements. I think any of them would be fine. I feel like all of these are good printers. Yep. To start with. Um, so if you have a strong leaning, I just like the look of the K1, or I like the idea of a Chidi printer, go with it. Because they're all really good printers here. Um, the K1 is it's like 400 bucks right now yep. with the price discounts. So like you're getting a great discount but you're getting creality. So I, some people don't like that. If you want bamboo and you really want to spend that price, you'll have a great time with it. Um, the Flash Forge Adventurer is a great printer as well. Like these are all, <laughs> these are four great printers that are all enclosed. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think you, 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 can't, you can't really go wrong with any of these. For honestly. sure. Yeah. But if you had to recommend one, what would it be? I would need your money. I would need a longer. uh, Okay, if it was my money, I can answer that question. But um, (laughs) if I was to recommend one, I would need to talk with them for a little while and really tease out like what exactly would be the bonus feature that really pushes them over the edge to get. Yeah, that's that's what that's. I I guess that's what I'm asking. If this was you purchasing it and it was your money and you could just buy one. What would it be? I would Not get the make a recommendation. But what would I would get, okay. I would get the Elegoo Neptune four and pocket the rest of the money <laughs> because it's get, just as fast. It's not enclosed, but I only really print with PLA and PTG. So yeah, we have a K one the A one uh, Mini. That's it. The Bamboo A one Mini, but that's like significantly smaller. Yeah, yeah, it's a, for me personally. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> He's pretty Pokemon. <laughs> Printing small things is great. Uh, um, but out of these four, I would go for the K1 personally for price savings because um, I think they're all really good. Um, if, you, if this person has used the Bamboo ecosystem using the P1P, um, so if they like the Bamboo ecosystem, the P1S is great. Um, if you don't like the P- the bamboo ecosystem, then going for something like the Flash Forge or the K1 would be my recommendation. 
because I didn't like the cheaty ecosystem. So, yeah, right. But, but it's my... bigger and it has a heated chamber. Yeah. So I mean, that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Some that might not big... mean uh, that might not mean something to some people though. For yeah. sure. Um, if it were me, I I know I'm going to sound wishy washy on this, <laughs> but I still think the out of those choices, I'd still go with the bamboo. The P1S. Yeah. I, I I can only say one other thing. AMS. And this is something we talked yeah. about in the last episode. That is something that no other printer manufacturer has conquered, mm-hmm. which is multi-material systems, multi-filament systems. They do it. It does it really well. And for me, that's a big deal because my printers are in the garage. I, I can mm-hmm. just sit here in my office and print stuff without yeah. having to change yeah. spools. So that means a lot to me. You know, Nathan, I'm surprised that, you know, being an engineer, you would think that being able to print engineering grade stuff would be a big thing, but obviously it isn't. Well, the thing is, is that you can't really do it reliably at home because all the engineering or most of the engineering grade filaments require you to dehydrate and condition the filament beforehand, which yeah. it's a lot of work yeah. to do. So I would rather just hire someone else to produce those kind of parts if I need it and yeah, just stick with PLA and PTG for prototyping purposes. That's fair. That's fair. Unless I was to like have a company, like if I had a company right now and I was producing a product that used 3D printed parts, then I would, you know, try and figure out how to do some kind of production ready 3D printing solution. But for what I do, I I just print one color PLA PTG and I just want something that's cheap because I hate, (laughs) I think that when you, if you invest too heavily in an expensive printer, it's going to be obsolete in a year anyways. So why not buy the cheap mm-hmm. one that's like slightly less featured and then buy another cheap one in another year? Um, yeah. yeah, That's the way I do my tech pur- purchases. But, you, but you'll, if, if going by that, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, going yeah. by that logic, you'll never buy a nice printer. You're always going to be buying the cheapest printer. Yeah, essentially. I, I don't buy the expensive printers. I have the company send them to me. <laughs> well, not everybody is, is, is a famous YouTuber. Well, I mean, even yeah. if I didn't, even the way that things are right now, I still use my cheap printers, my cheap bed slingers more than anything, just because um, that's what I'm most familiar with. And it works well for PLA and PETG. Um, and it's just really good value for money. So when you need to print something out, Right now, with all the printers you have, you're using your Ender 3s. Neptune for uh, non-pro. <laughs> it's the same speed, and yeah. it's mm. it's uh, it has better part cooling because it's not enclosed. It's well, actually, so noisy. If actually, if I had to be in my office with it, I would print with the uh, the FlashForge Adventure 5M Pro. Mm. Yeah. Because it's so quiet. It's like extremely quiet for a high-speed printer, and it has really good print quality. But I haven't really tested it out for uh, ABS and stuff. But Especially now that you have you put a new fan on it, on the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, compared to the stock one. Uh, the That's another huge benefit for the Bamboo A1. Of Very they quiet. They actually quiet. know how to turn off fans when it's not <laughs> printing. 
Yeah. It's I think Bamboo is the only company who's learned that one. Artillery does it too. Yeah. And the K1s do it, I think. It's just it takes a while to turn off. But they still leave the lights on inside of it. So I will turn those off. But the Bamboo doesn't have any lights on it. So So I've I've got the Neptune 4 here in my office. Yeah. What do you think of it? It's loud. It's loud, man. The the fan is always on. Always on. Yeah. It's always on. You turn it on. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you really? Yeah. yeah. It's like, why does a power on need a fan? Yeah. It's, was the big, no, it's uh, noisy as hell. I just finished a review for the Anchor Make M5C. And it's like, this is a beautiful printer. You could leave it in your living room. But if it's powered on, <laughs> it's always running this fan noise. That's really annoying. Like, yeah. why yeah. can't you figure out to just, if it's powered on but not printing, turn off the fans. That would be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think the only feature that I like to pay extra money for at this point are silent fans and extra, extra large print volume. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the Adventure 5M Pro, the other advantage is that it's got a pretty decent air filter built into it. So mm-hmm. there's there's a noticeable reduction in the PLA smell. But yeah. again, like any kind of filtration system, it's the best one that I've tested on any of my printers. But I would still always want to have a some kind of ventilation going on. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're a Flash Forge Adventure 5M Pro. Well, just Not because guy, it's Nathan. just because it's quiet, I yeah, I, I like that printer. I wouldn't pay for it personally. Um, but but you you also said you know that it's it's quiet and it um, has good print ticks quality. the box uh, print yeah. quality and it doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked with uh, I actually interviewed them at um, Form Next and he said that uh, Flash Forge's background is in providing um, like educational three D printers. Though they sell a lot mm-hmm. of printers to schools and stuff. So that was one of their big priorities was to make it like an unobtrusive printer, um, which is kind of like a different niche than a lot of other companies are going for. That's uh, good to hear because that's what I my mentality of Flash Forge was always like. That's the one I see in colleges or libraries or places like that. But I didn't actually know it explicitly. Good to hear that that's actually what they are trying to be because they are. It's totally that. It's the easy to use, unobtrusive. It's such an unobtrusive. It's a black box, basically. Like, yeah. it's such a simple machine. Oh, you really liked that printer too, didn't you? JJ? Oh yeah, it's a great printer. Um, I think if you could find it on sale, currently I can't find any sales for it. Yeah, at six hundred, it's six hundred's a bit much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair price. It's just. Yes. With how how cheap other printers are getting right now, I think like five hundred would be a very good oh, spot yeah. for it. Five hundred would be great. When the K one is four hundred, it's hard to pay two hundred dollars more. Yeah, right. For this one, the K one's extremely loud though with its fans. Yes, its turbo fans. It's like the one of the loudest fans I've ever had on a printer. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that cheaty's pretty damn loud too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how how would you rate our job of answering this question? 
I, I think it's, I think he did. Well, everybody's got different priorities. Oh yeah. What's good for one. Is, but I think it's a good conversation because it points out those different things. And for, for E Morgan, so let's call him Edward uh, for Edward's <laughs> question. It gives him a little bit uh, more background on some of the different things and he can mm-hmm. determine what weight those things have. So you yeah. brought out what, what's good in some printers and bad in other printers, which I think is yeah. very helpful. I think the best all-rounder would probably be the Bamboo Lab P1S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the, the only reason I'm saying the Bamboo Lab P1S is because it's 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 pretty much a proven printer. You know, they, they, the software is good, the hardware is good, and it's got the AMS. Do available. either of you guys have a P1S? I have one made out of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the P1SS. So none uh, of us have an official P1S. I, well, I, I have a P1P. It's the same. It's yeah. the same. It's the same it's damn printer. The same, but yeah. Well, I've got, I've got. But I put those. Um, I forget what kit. It's not a kit, but uh, uh, it's but a it's system still... that you put on the outside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember um, what it's called. But going off the, none of us actually have no. the official P1S no, for sure, no, which is fine. No. I, I, I think it totally comes with the, if P1S is just an upgrade to P1P and we all have a P1P. Yeah, it's a P1P with clothes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's the P1P without so many parts stripped off of it. Yeah. yeah. They, you know they had the P1S design ready at, when they launched the X1C. Oh, yeah. They, they had it ready like, and they were like, what can we strip off this to make a cheap ass? Like, how, how much can we take off and people will still be suckered into buying it? Yeah. P1P. <laughs> then for the same price six months later, here, have the rest of the printer. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got another question. You guys want to take it? Let's do yeah. it. All right. And this comes from Lewis. And he says, hey, everyone, I hope y'all are doing well. I have a quick question for you. Guy, I want to get into CNC machines, except I need to know which to get. That's that's a really hard question. It does <laughs> need to be a cheap budget one, as I'm primarily using it to cut acrylic and thinner wood pieces. In the future, I wouldn't mind cutting bigger pieces. Any advice would help. Thank you. Actually, I don't have a lot of recommendations on this because mine's an industrial CNC. It was very, very expensive. Before I had that one, I had a Carbide 3D Shapeoko 3, I think is what it was. And it was about $1,000 at the time. And that was actually a nice little CNC. It was, uh, I think, 17, it's a really weird size, 17 inch by 33 inch, if I remember right. And um, it used used belts and um, wheels, and there was no lead screws or anything. It was really bare bones stuff. Uh, but it worked really well. It wasn't super accurate, but it worked. Now, I know, Nathan, you've got one of those little tiny cheapy ones, right? Yeah, Sand Smart Genmitsu 3018. Yeah, yeah. What can you tell us about those things? Oh, they're toys. 
Um, I don't think they're very serious as actual tools. <laughs> and uh, my first CNC I got ripped off on. I bought something on Craigslist and it barely worked and uh, it wasn't very a very good deal. So <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, this thing's so popular on YouTube that you can kind of find more common models that, that work. Um, I think probably the biggest constraint with limitation with uh, what you're looking for will be the build volume. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you get one of those also, JJ? Yeah. So I've got a sane smart. It's one of them. I, they all run together. Um, but the biggest limitation is build volume and they actually contact me afterwards of, uh, they've got like an, you can extend the bed size to add some Y axis, I guess, to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can upgrade it and stuff. I feel like for budget entry level, Sane Smart has kind of been the one I've seen as being the entry level. And I had a good time with it. I just don't use wood as much as a material, as a working with material versus plastic. I would rather 3D print something. Um, I want to do more CNC stuff. And I've got that machine, but. Now he's talking about cutting acrylic and thinner wood pieces. I might go another route. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Laser. Laser. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For under a thousand dollars, you can get mm-hmm. a 40 watt laser right now with a decent size and it can be moved around and it's going to cut thin, thin wood and acrylic. Right? Yeah. Even thicker stuff. I mean, yeah. the new, uh, lasers with the air assist will go up to like an inch thick. It seems like I haven't. I don't know the yeah, actual numbers. They, and they, now they, I... they burn the hell out of the wood. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. great. It's not great. It's not optimal. But now I've seen these companies start leaning towards actually putting an enclosure on these diode lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah. know specifics at all because I ignore They're all expensive. these emails. Right. There's um, a new Creality the, one that's got like a red enclosure around the outside. And they wanted to show it to me when I was touring their booth. And I was like, I don't want to see another laser. And then yeah. I saw it and I'm like, oh, actually, that's kind of nice. Actually, uh, yeah. Put a, <laughs> put an enclosure on it, finally. Because um, right. uh, the unex, unenclosed in lasers are hugely dangerous. And yeah. I wouldn't touch another one. Yeah. Well, I, I actually have a Creality enclosure over my longer laser printer yeah and it was just like a little tent you build mm-hmm. on top of the thing and it was like 40 or 50 bucks yeah and it's fine um but if you're just going to be cutting smaller stuff like that i mean it's 2d if you're so cutting 2d if you're cutting 2d and it's just cut acrylic and well it's not going to cut a clear acrylic but um yeah that'll work you know, just to give you an idea of the the price range, you can go on CNC machines. I mentioned before my first one I paid, I think it was $1,000 for. And it was 17 by 33. So a little bit less than two and about three feet. So let's say two by three feet. Mm-hmm. The one I have now is a four by two. It's not a two by four. It's a four by two. The, the, the X is four feet wide and the Y is... is two feet deep as a cnc machine a cnc so, machine it yeah, was yeah. it was fourteen thousand dollars oh so it's quite a big jump there 
Um, But you can even get more expensive. Obviously, you can get more expensive than that, too. And there's all kinds of prices in between. If you want to get anything that's going to have decent, and that's that's the biggest one I could put in my shop. I really wanted a four by four, but I just don't have the room for it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I got the four by two, and I could use pass through to put stuff through it. Um, Anyways, um, but they're expensive. Yeah, really expensive. Um, about the cheapest things that I know they have, like there's the Onefinity CNCs. Shape Oco has some nice CNCs now, but they're all in the three to five thousand dollar price range. Yeah, they're, the not, one they're thing, not cheap. The one thing I I don't really know this for sure, but it seems like you get what you pay for when it comes to CNCs. Yep. You can get a cheap like eight hundred dollar relatively large thing, but if you want something with any level of build quality, you're probably looking at over $2,000. That's and for, for cheapy. I think wow. uh, what, what a lot of people don't realize about like industrial 3d printers and like CNC machines is that most of the time people are buying these to produce something to make money with. Mm-hmm. So if you can make a business case for why you should get the machine, then the price is just one variable and it's not really that important. Um, but when you're just doing it as a hobby, like a lot of us in 3d printing, uh, I think oftentimes we just try and get what's as cheap as possible because we're not generating revenue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. But like I said there, you, you can be all over the place. I, I still think you're in the, the three to $5,000 price range mm-hmm. for even a, a inexpensive CNC that that'd be worth it. Um, but if you want a toy to play around with, you can buy a two hundred dollar Sane Smart little smart. thing to uh, <laughs> that's true. play around with for a weekend. That's true. But um, yes, totally the making money versus a toy hobby thing. Sure, and I still think that's crazy. You know, though. You know acrylic and thinner wood pieces, like he's saying, I I, I might yeah. look at a laser. If you're only doing vertical cuts, or if you only want vertical cuts, then a laser would be way better at yep. those. Yeah. Most of the time, I mean, on my CNC, I'm not doing 3D stuff. It's almost all 2D. Mm, yeah. I'm doing some engraving. I'm cutting out templates for things. Um, it's almost all, 99% of it is 2D. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then the fun thing about having a laser engraver is that you can actually like engrave with it too while you're cutting things out, so you can add extra little details and yeah, barcodes or whatever graphics, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, the laser safety is a big issue, and you definitely want to be careful with that. I'm pretty sure I have a couple new floaters from my laser experimentations. <laughs> oh no, a couple new floaters. I mean floaters. Yeah. Uh, little things that are in your vision, like your field of vision, they're basically like little things floating inside of your eyeballs. Oh, that doesn't yeah. sound fun. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I sold all my lasers because I was like, I, I'm. It's always one mistake away from blinding yourself, and I'm right. just like, I'll stick to three D printers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've 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 been pretty good about making sure I don't, you know, look at the thing. Um, yeah, 
I even and told it can my wife, so I even told my yeah. wife, you know, don't go out in the garage for the next 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. while this thing is running, right. even though I've got a cover on it and you can't see it. You know, just don't do it. Nathan, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, is that like, <laughs> These lasers, your eyeballs are designed to intensify very small sources of light that are emitting like, you know, a nanowatt of light energy. And then you got a laser in there that's throwing out 40 watts and it's being amplified by your the lenses on your eyeballs onto your tissue that's probably never seen anything brighter than the sun ever uh, <laughs> through millions of years of evolution. And it's like, okay, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, 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 it's it's they're dangerous. You got really and the dust and the or the fumes off of it. Uh, the last review I did, I wore a full on face mask the whole time, and it felt a lot better during it. Like <laughs> at the end actually, of the day, you're not kind I've of. I've got that. I've got that enclosure over mine, and I've got this big fume extractor. No, yeah, it, was, it was like a twenty five dollar. 110 just inline air pump and had like four inch inlet and outlet on it yeah mm-hmm. and it 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 gets all of it out okay right. there's nothing in the shop when that thing the one going. the fume extractor it's, i bought on amazon did not work that well yeah this one is a, this is not a fume uh, this is not a fume extractor this it was is something a, with an inline four inch thing but yeah, it just, just was not fan. powerful Fan. All this is yeah. is a fan, and you plug it in, and it's my. This thing sits like a foot from my window, so okay, it's got a very yeah. short hose, and it works really well. Yeah, but you know it stinks outside. <laughs> yeah, you do it, but you know, I don't care because I'm inside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Right, you're all right, Nathan. You've got a little blood there. Uh, no, do I? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Look at his hair. What? Oh no, no! This is my uh, my my headphone cable. It's... Okay, thought it was blood. Thought you're bleeding. Yeah, all right. I'm just bleeding out of my ears with all these safety <laughs> violations. Yeah, yeah. I I can't listen to any more OSHA violations. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, everybody listening out there, remember, we really do need questions so send them in and where can they email them to us jj email them to perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com or you can go to perfect perfectfirstlayer.com and go to the submit page and send it there and if somebody wants to find you out in social media world where would they look nathan i'm on uh youtube just look up nathan builds robots and i'll have some some nice spicy content for you and uh, some Black Friday sales, if any, are still going on by the time this is published. All right. All right. And uh, JJ? I'm on YouTube at JJ Shankles. All right. And I can be found on YouTube at Guy's Shop and just about all other social media at Guy's Woodshop. Real good, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple. All Bye. right. See ya. Yep. Yeah.